0: Alright church, so this year, so far, we have talked about being a new you in the new year. We have talked about having the power of God manifest in us and what that power looks like. We have talked about the faith that God has placed in us. Not the faith that originated within us, but the faith that He placed in us and what that faith is supposed to look like. Then last week, we, or last month, last six weeks, we spent looking at the topic of what the supplements to our faith are supposed to be according to 2 Peter chapter 1, and we kind of put it in the context of vitamins. So we've talked about power, we've talked about faith, we've talked about supplements. It just made sense that now we go to start talking about working out in Christ. We move, right? Because what is the point? What is the point of having ability, taking supplements, actually trying to increase the power that is within us? What is the point if we're not doing anything with it? What is the point if we are not growing and maturing and becoming more and more healthy? Now, before you think this is just one of those cleverly invented things that a pastor does because it just fits into his narrative of what's coming... Let's go to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we, an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So Paul here, listen... This is not something we just come up with as pastors. Paul, in the Scriptures, we're going to look at another one here in just a second, says that our relationship with Christ should resemble uh, an athletic enterprise. That the way we live in our faith is not supposed to be something that is idle, unmoving, unchanging, unmorphing. It is supposed to be in constant flux, in growing to be more like Jesus. In fact, what he says is, I am beating my body, I'm doing all these things. He is implying, probably more than implying, he is specifically saying that it is the duty of us in our faith to grow. So here's what he tells Timothy, one of his protégés, 1 Timothy 4, verse 4. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For it will be made holy by the word of God in prayer. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith Because we have our hopes set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Persist in this. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and and your hearers. So here in both of these passages, man, we hear some key words. And, and, and they're not idle words. We've got serve, toil, strive, set an example, devote, do not neglect, immerse yourself, progress, persist, and multiple times, train, train. church is a body. Paul describes it that way, and I think for a reason. A body that is not active grows in fat. It grows to be slovenly. It grows to be unable to even take care of itself, requiring that others take care of it. But a body in motion, a body that is healthy is one that is slim. It is moving. It is doing. It is accomplishing. It's alive. When I hear Paul speaking these words, I got the question in my head. Paul is looking and saying, church, listen, are you, are you the body, slovenly, idle, lazy? Are we sitting back and doing nothing? Are we the 700-pound church locked in its room that when Jesus comes back, he's got to saw the wall away to drag us out? Or are we healthy? Are we moving? Are we active? See, Paul is very clear. Our faith should be like exercise, movement, active, progressing, advancing. There is no point at which any one of us should ever be satisfied ever with where we are. We should always strive to grow closer to the one who has called us heavenward, Jesus Christ who is waiting for us. We should be drawing closer to him each and every day. I want to be more like him. Paul says that, right? I want to be more like him. I want to know him, even to the point of knowing his suffering. That's how close he wants to get. He'll take whatever it is. Whatever it is that's going to mature him, he wants it to happen to him. Do we want that? This isn't one of my favorite topics, exercise. I don't like it. But what we're going to talk about today, what we're going to be talking about over the, over the summer, basically, is we are going to be looking at, we're going to be doing CrossFit. The spiritual CrossFit is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be looking at the spiritual exercises that Jesus either specifically instructs us to do or by example, implicitly, tells us that we are supposed to do. What is it that we are supposed to be practicing. Because it is there. There is practices. You want to be more like him, these are the things you can do. We're going to look at them over the next few weeks. But today, what I want to do is I want you to realize, I I want to embrace this, start with this, is that all exercise, spiritual or not, requires the same attributes. Being active physically in this world Being active spiritually in this world requires these same four attributes. Let's start with the first one. You have to want to grow. I can't can't want to grow. I can't want to grow for you. No one can want to do it for you. If I do not want to become a great football player, it doesn't matter how much my dad pushed me, it wasn't going to happen. And he didn't push me, by the way, because he listens to these. We set the goals that we desire, and we go after them. No one else can set the desires for us. No one can make us want Something. You have got to want this. Listen, over the next couple of weeks, we are going to pre- be presenting things that are going to be helping you understand how you grow in intimacy with God. Now, mind you, I'm not talking about growing in. God's love, because you cannot do that. God, there is nothing that can separate us from it, nothing that can take us from it. God loves us. There's nothing we can do to increase his love for us. I mean, my goodness, he can't send more than his son to die for us. He has already loved us with every bit of love that he has. But we can grow in intimacy. And these exercises are exactly what we need in order to do it. Look, at Romans 2, 6 to 8 says this, He will render to each one. He's talking to us, not just the world. He's talking to the church. He will render to each one according to his works, to those who by, listen to this, to those who by patience in well-doing, in doing good, seek glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and there will be fury. I love that passage. How often, how often do you ever hear anyone We always talk about, oh, surrender yourself and and, and be selfless. And, And that's true. That's true. That's all there. But what Paul right there says, look, you want eternal life? You had better hunger and want the glory and the honor and the immortality that comes with being a son of God. There is glory waiting. There is honor that is to be had. There is nothing wrong with you hungering and desiring to be powerful in Christ. In fact, you should want it. It is not humble to deny the power that he has placed within us. Humility truly is embracing it and allowing it to come out. You've got to want it. You've got to want that glory. You've got to want that honor. No smart person, no smart person ever said, I I want to be a great great football player, a great basketball player, and then never worked towards it. How foolish. You cannot be. There is no glory in mediocrity. There is no glory in stagnancy. There is no glory in complacency. There is glory in doing glorious things. And there is honor in doing honorable things. And I want you to understand, Christ set us even that example. Look, this isn't, again, this isn't arrogance. This isn't isn't a lack of humility. Christ, right, as he was sitting there the the last week before he went to the cross, he sat there and and he prayed. He said, Father, the time has come. Glorify me that I may glorify you. When we do amazing things, it brings Him glory because it demonstrates the power of the God who works within us. And the opposite is exactly the same. When I do not do glorious things, I bring dishonor to Him. Why? I claim that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, knows me and loves me. That he sent his son to change me and redeem me. He placed his Holy Spirit within me and set me upon a life course of changing the lives of others. Of going and being a different person than I was before. Now, when I make all of those claims, if the actions of my life do not give proof to those words, I bring dishonor to him. Because people look at me and say, well, he said all of these amazing things. He said his God is powerful, but he's empty. He said his God is loving, but he's hateful. You've got to want this. You have to want it. Now, I'm going to say this. Listen, as we go through this, I can't promise. Again, I can't make anybody want anything. I can make my kids eat vegetables. That doesn't make them want vegetables. And and, and, and there's a big difference between making your kids brush their teeth and finally the age when they want to brush their teeth because they don't want to stink. That's a great day when they want it themselves. You have to want it. As we go through these next weeks, I'm not forcing anything on you. I'm presenting information for those who want it. If you don't want it, that's fine. Keep coming. Don't. That's fine. Here's what can happen. Listen, if you are willing to try the things that we're going to be talking about straight out of Scripture, the things that Christ did, that Christ asked us to do, if you're willing to do them, don't worry if no one else in here does. What did he tell Timothy? Continue to So that your progress may be seen by others. Why do we want others to see the progress in the faith that we have? I don't always want fried chicken. Well, if I see someone eating some good fried chicken and enjoying it, I want a leg. I want to have some. You could not sit there and see someone eating food and just, oh, they're fantastic. I mean, they're just glowing and excited. I want whatever you're eating. Can I have some of that, please? When you and I, the closer we grow, the closer we grow to Christ, our progress. When, when people see our joy, they'll want it too. They'll want it. They'll hunger for it. That's why Jesus constantly said hunger and thirst for righteousness. Not, not consider it and ponder it and, and, and maybe try it out. Hunger, thirst. What gets you off of the chair? Hunger and thirst. Why do we work? So I can eat. If I'm hungry and I'm watching TV, I have to ask myself, well, because, how hungry am I? Am I actually going to get up off of this chair and go get food or not? How hungry are you for Christ? Are you willing to stand up are you willing to not to not just stay seated anymore? Second thing, and I mentioned this online, I mentioned this. You must be assiduous. I put this on Facebook. I'm sorry, I had to do it, and, and it's, it's not just because. It's, I tried to find, I don't like doing big words, because then it's like I'm teaching you English and Scripture, and I don't, I don't want to do both of those things. But assiduous, this word, it, 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 it's perfect because it is exactly what I want to get across. There is no other word that does it. Let me tell you what assiduous is. Assiduous is when someone dedicates time, sets that time apart, is careful to fulfill the task set within that time, and they are unwilling to be interrupted or sidetracked from that task. That's assiduous. There's no other word like it. We need to be assiduous. There was a guy, when I was in Frederick, he had a, uh, a workshop. He, the basement in their house, he had turned into a wood workshop. And everybody in that house knew. They didn't know the word. But when dad went downstairs, you don't bother him because dad is assiduous. He has assiduously gone down into his workshop. What does that mean? Well, you do not interrupt dad. Dad has set aside time. This is his time. It is for woodworking. You do not interrupt it, and he's not going to come up until he's finished whatever task he set himself to. You and I are supposed to be assiduous in these exercises. Not just happen chance. not just maybe I'll pray, maybe I'll study, maybe I'll fast, maybe I'll be alone with God, maybe I'll meditate. No, 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 no. That's all happen chance, and we're just floating through life, acting like. Listen, let, let's be honest. I, 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 I have had so many gym memberships, and I have canceled exactly the same number of gym memberships. Why? I wasn't assiduous. I did not set aside time, go and get the task done, and not allow anything else to interrupt that time so that I could be healthy. I just didn't do it. Let's look at this. Luke 5, 15 to 16. This us talk about Jesus. But now, even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. The word withdraw is a very key word there, isn't it? It doesn't say that he would find time. He'd squeeze it in. People would come to him. He would heal. But there was a point when he would withdraw. He would say, that's it. I I Have to go recharge. I've got to go be alone with God. I have to go practice my intimacy with the Father. I have to do it. Listen, if the Son of God has to, in the, He's healing, and He goes, you know what? That's enough. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go spend time with God. And He drew lines, and there's people. Look at the, there's people sitting here unhealed, going, Hey, wait a minute, you know? And He's like, Sorry, I've done it for today. And He goes. If the Son of God needed that intimacy, that time with the Father, don't we? Wouldn't we? In John six fifteen, this is another one. Look, perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force and to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Which I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I want you to hear this. God expects you, wants you to set aside time that is just for him. That you set aside and you say, this is my study, prayer, whatever it is, this is my time with God. And I'm not going to be interrupted. (laughs) you, You have to, this has to happen to you. Why is it every time I sit down and I close my eyes to pray, the phone rings? Have you found that yet? You sit down and pray. You're like, I'm going to make an effort. The phone rings. Do you know why it rings? Because you'll answer it. That's why it rings. Don't answer it. Stop answering it. When you set aside that time for God, do not answer. Do not allow yourself to be distracted. It is not selfish. It is not wrong to look and say, I will not be deterred from this time of intimacy. I will not be deterred from my prayer. It is not rude to your spouse. It is not cruel to your children to do so. In fact, it is a blessing to them. You draw that line. I mean, right there in John 6, and I I want to take this even further, because this one, this one, how many times have you allowed other people to tell you what you were supposed to be doing in your faith? I had to have, that happens, I mean, it happens to all of us. Well, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that. Here, there were people, they were well-meaning people. They were nice people. They were kind people. They actually liked Jesus. They liked him so much, they decided he needed to be king. And so they were going to come and make him a king. So what did Jesus do? He went, uh, no, and left. Wouldn't hit himself. Went away from them. Would not allow other people to dictate or determine his ministry or his plans or his time. It is not selfish to set that time aside and to not be interrupted. Hey, I want to read you one more. This is a great one. Luke 10, 38 to 42 says this. "Uh, And now as they went along their way, Jesus entered into a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which will not be taken away from her. Direct teaching from Jesus here. Mary and Martha have guests in their house. They need to be taken care of them, not only socially, but from a biblical point of view, right? There's, a, there's the hospitality. We're supposed to meet the needs of each other, and we're supposed to serve each other and welcome each other and be hospitable. We're supposed to do those things. And Mary just, here's Jesus, and he's teaching, and she's like, well, forget that. I'm going to go sit at his feet. She went and sat and was listening to him. And I'm going to tell you, this, I don't know how long it was. I figure it's, it's, I mean, it's long enough that Martha gets boiled over about it because she's thinking, and this is what, you got to understand, this is what Martha's thinking. I, I, I guarantee you she's going, I would like to be sitting there listening to Jesus too, but I, there's all these people that I've got to help. And she gets so worked up in her mind that she's decided that that's what's supposed to happen, that she goes, and she goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, don't you see that my sister isn't doing what she's supposed to be doing, helping me? I'm left to do all this by myself. I'd like to be here. And Jesus, I mean, he just looks at her and says very clearly, yeah, you made the wrong choice. I'm not going to make her do anything. She's chosen what's best. Don't let anyone put any, dictate your time, di- di- take you away from that. It's too important. Be Be assiduous. Next thing, as we go forward, you have to be introspective. Now, the, it doesn't matter if spiritual or physical exercise, you can take what I'm talking about today and apply it either way, right? You've got to want to do it. You've got to be assiduous about it. Then you also have to be introspective. Introspection's different than introvertedness. Introvertedness is recharging alone and then spending your energy when you're around people. Extroverted is the opposite. Introspection is when you are looking into yourself and you are honestly examining yourself. And there is a reason. this—it It is absolutely uh, important that you do this. Physical exercise, spiritual exercise. You have to be honest about where you are. So we just got a Y membership. One day, I'll go out there and work out. Picture myself going out there with William and uh, him laying down on that bench press and just <clears throat> putting up those big bell, the big, whatever, the big weights. I was just thinking barbells. That's like, that's like Carnival Man or something the huge weights on them. Yeah, and I could sit there and go, oh man, my boy can do that. I and I could get down there Hoo-dah! and not move it. I could sit with that chest, I could sit with that big old bar and those heavy weights and he could easily lift, crushing my lungs. That would not be smart. That would be unhealthy. That would get me dead, not more alive. We have to be honest about what we can do right now, and begin with what we can, and grow and become stronger spiritually. Jesus fasted forty days. I got a sign-up sheet. You guys ready? Who, who's in? Anyone? Let's do it right now. All of us. We're all going to do it together right now. No, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even ask most of you that. Because I'm going to guess that most of you probably haven't been three days. And so to get it in your head, oh, man, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go fast 40 days and show you how righteous I am. No, you're going to show me how you pass out. That ain't going to work. you got to know where you are. you got to grow into these things. I can remember being a kid. and Someone told me one time, talked to me about praying for an hour. I thought, you are nuts. How in the world? is How do you pray longer than like five five minutes and, and my hand's itching for the remote? But you know what? The more you do it, the stronger it becomes to the point where an hour in prayer can go like that. Start off with where you are. And, don't, and this goes back to the assiduous thing. Don't let anyone else. I'm not here. I'm not here trying to give you steps like there's some sort of exercise workout program that we're going to do today, right? Like I'm, 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 you know, stinking Tybo guy, right? I'm Billy Blanks up here getting ready to work you out. I'm not. No, no, because here's the reality. We are all heading to the same place, but we're coming at it from different avenues, okay? If I try to give you the steps of how to get there, it isn't going to work. If someone else tries to say, well, you know, if you want to be healthy in Jesus, you got to, you know, go through these five steps. I grew up, Jenny grew up, we grew up with the five steps that you got to, whenever you get together, this is the five steps, and somehow that makes you righteous. It just doesn't make any sense. Listen, you have to figure out where you are, and that's going to tell you how to get where you are going. Because if I live in Augusta, and you live in Kingman County, and we both want to head to Wichita... My steps to Wichita are going to be drastically different than yours. My path is not going to be the same. It's going to look different. Our experiences are going to be different. That's why this thing called Christianity, it it isn't steps. It's a focus on Christ. And we figure out where we are so we know how to get where we're going. If I just assume that I'm west of Wichita and I start heading east, I'll never get there. got to know where you are. Introspection. Um, John 15.5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. He doesn't say, he doesn't say the one who bears much fruit is the one who does lots of work. He says, no, the one who bears much fruit is the one that's connected to me. The greater the connection, the greater the fruit. The more powerful the connection, the more powerful the fruit. We go to Psalm 127.1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It isn't about, when I'm talking spiritual exercises, we're not talking about things that we are doing to be better. We're talking about things that we do that make us stronger in our connection with God. And it is the connection with God that makes us effective. It is the connection with God that makes us bear fruit. And Romans 12, 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. them. So we're going to be, you're going to need to soberly assess where you are as we talk about these things. And then figure out how you got to get there. How do you move from where you are towards Christ? Last thing is this. You must be committed, devoted, whatever. As I said, I've, I've had more gym memberships than I can count, and I've canceled them all. In the end, my health is not based in how many gym memberships I have. In fact, the more I have, the less <laughs> the less impressive that really is. The health is just whether I have follow-through, whether I stick with it, whether I just don't give up. I, I have a goal, and I want to see that goal happen. In Psalm 37, 5-6, to six, it says this, commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in Him. He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Trust yourself to Him and just as sure as the sun rises and moves to the noon, He will bring your righteousness to light. He will bring it out of you. Trust Him. Just trust them. So when I was in Frederick, and my, I had a friend, David Hill, and uh, 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 he was older than I. Well, I don't know, not that much older, I guess. But we would go down, and, and, we, went and got a, we, we went and got a gym membership together because we knew. We knew I, I wasn't, it was going to be too easy for me to, to get up and, or to wake up and decide that this just wasn't the right morning for working out. But if I knew he was there, I'd be more likely to, to get there. So we got our gym membership together. We actually pulled in, and we got a trainer. Now, actually, i got to be honest with you. They, they, having a trainer actually makes success a much, a, a much more possible. I, we went in, and we told him what the goal was, what we were trying to reach, and, and then he came up with a plan for how to get us there because we didn't know. We didn't know what we were doing. He said, here's the plan in how to get there. And so we started. I hated that guy. That guy, man, he was awful. He made me do things my body didn't want to do. That was ridiculous. And he pushed me, and he kept telling me. But one of the things he kept saying, he'd look at David and he'd say, I need you to trust me. You've got to trust me. If you do what I'm asking, you will grow stronger. And we did. And when we did what he asked, we grew stronger. Until I gave up. Commit your ways to the Lord. Listen. You may not understand why the exercises are there. You may not understand why God needs you to have solitude. You may not understand what fasting is about. You may not even understand what is prayer about. God's outside of time. What is, it to, what is my praying even doing here? What does any of this stuff do? God is looking right there and saying, so, trust me. Trust me. You want to be healthy. You want to grow. You want to be strong. Do what I'm asking you to do. And you will see strength and growth. We need to keep our eyes on the prize. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Last passage says this Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. quit going to the gym because I just got tired. And right there, Hebrews is just recognizing sometimes we're just going to get tired. But he says, keep your eyes focused on what's ahead. Be committed to it. Keep working towards it. Going back to the first passages. Run to be the one who wins the race. No one, I don't don't know why I have this in here. I don't know if it even makes sense. No one can not not give up for you. You You're the only person that can choose to not give up. I can't do it for you. There is no sermon. There is no ministry in the church. There's no service project. There is nothing outside of you. That keeps you from giving up. It is all in here and in here. Because Satan is going to change everything around you. He's going to upset your health. He's going to upset your finances. He's going to upset your family. He's going to upset anything and everything he can. Because he believes that he can make you give up. And the funny thing is, we do it. We give up. We, we, people do it, and they, they say, well, Christianity is so hard. I got this. Why, why would God make it so hard? What do you mean, why would God make it so hard? We made it this hard. We made it this hard because everything that is good in this life, everything that is valuable in this life, only comes through work. It only comes through effort. Name me one thing that's easy that you actually value. Marriage. Not easy. Children? (laughs) Growing older? No. What's easy? Who walks out of their parents' house and says, I think I'm going to go be star quarterback today. No, you're not. It doesn't happen that way. You want it, you have to fight for it. You got to work for it. Good grief, if I could slovenly, idly get myself fit, I'd be ripped. I'd be stacked. It doesn't happen. So why are we surprised? We sit back and, I don't know, our faith sometimes feels empty, feels powerless, and we just, well, I guess, I guess this is just God's fault. It is as much God's fault as everything's your wife or your husband's fault. Okay? It's never you, you got you got some stuff to work on. There is glory. There is honor. There's immortality you know what, I didn't do this before. I want to explain to you what the immortality is because we're sitting there going, my glory. Yeah, no, that's true. And we're talking, you know, and and it's my honor. No, that's true also. And we go, my immortality, I'm going to live forever. No, no, that is true. But here, listen, mm, the things that you do for Christ that God wants to do in you last beyond you. Glory beyond you, honor beyond you, and immortality beyond you. The effect that you have on those around you. You set a light that cannot be denied in their life. Whether or not they ever come to Christ, that light shines even when you're dead. That light continues to shine in the lives of your children, your grandchildren, in all of the people that you ever interacted with. There is an immortality in what we do. That should be exciting. Because every person in here can be immortal even after we die. We can continue to live on. We go trying to build, people build buildings and put their name on them, and that's going to make them immortal. You don't have to do that. There's glory, there's honor, there's immortality. We're going to have the band come up. My invitation to you this morning, it, 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 challenge, whatever you want to call it, it, it's very simple. It's laid out this way. Consider today and this week your hunger and your thirst. And as we go through this journey together, be convinced. Be convinced. That we have a heavenly trainer, a trainer within us, that is moving us and urging us to health. All we have to do is do as he asks us to do. And we will see that power and that fruit. Let's stand if there's anything that we can help you with, any prayers, concerns that are on your heart. Come forward while we sing this song.